0: In your bulletin, it says 1 John 1, 19 to 34. I'm not doing verses 19 to 34 today. That is not Roxanne's fault. That is Dave's fault. Some of you know I spent most of the last two years driving out to Orient to mentor a young man who wanted to be an artist um, and, and talking to him about stuff. And one of the days, I took a quote out there, and the quote was this. Foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds. Have you ever heard that before? Some of you have, some of you haven't. Anyway, um, as an artist, this we we spent 20 minutes talking about what that meant and breaking it down and all that stuff. And then I applied it to being an artist and designing brochures. So when you pick up a brochure or any printed thing, it has to agree... About 90% with the culture you're in, or you won't be able to read it. Let me explain why I picked that number 90%. If you look at your bulletin, and you're on the page with John the Baptist there, the shape of the capital J, we've all agreed upon that that is what a capital J looks like. And if I suddenly decide that capital J's don't look like that, and I start writing them Somewhere, in some other manner, that will not read like John to you. So I have to agree a certain amount. But if everything I do is exactly the way everybody expects it to be, then nobody reads the brochure. And so to be an artist and to do a good design, you have to agree with the cultural norms significantly and break them just a little bit. In order, because if it always agrees t- entirely, nobody reads that brochure. It's just my experience as a designer was that way. But if it's completely different than the cultural norms, let's say you're a rock star and you change your name from Prince into some symbol. Nobody understands what's going on with the situation. And instead of having something pronounceable, they all have this, the artist formerly known as Prince. And so he broke the conventions too far to be understood. But but if you don't break them a little bit, you're not different. Today the story does some of that. And I want you to hear this story or this section of our text to about John the Baptist in this way, in the way that they would have heard it. And so there's some cultural norms that the Hebrews had that we don't have. And so I need to give you an example of something. So if I say I chop down a cherry tree and I cannot tell a lie, who do, who am I representing myself to be? George Washington. I, he wears a stove top hat and he learned how to read by candlelight. So when when we do this and we invoke statements that bring to mind our founding fathers, we're doing that for a purpose in cultural agreement. John the Baptist has some of those things going on in his witness. And I'm going to spend a little time on that, but I want you to hear those the way that they would hear them. Every Gospel account, all four Gospels, start with John the Baptist. Why? Why? Did they start with John the Baptist? Do you know? We're going to talk about that. That's why we're here. Bible Trivia with Pastor Dave Day. Actually, somebody asked me and said that would be really fun, but it probably shouldn't be you picking the trivia, Dave, because I'm a nut for the Bible and all my little obscure things don't always work for everybody. But but here we're going to have echoes, echoes of the Bible in... in in the stories of john the baptist and i want to tell you that within this so right at the beginning one of the gospels says john the baptist's parents were old and they didn't have a baby and they really wanted a baby and then he went in to offer sacrifices as the priest and had an encounter with god and came back out and they had a special baby Does that sound at all familiar to any of your Old Testament storylines? Any of them. Abraham comes to mind. What about Samuel's mother, Hannah, whose husband offered sacrifices and then she had one that she dedicated to the Lord? Anybody else? How about Joseph's mom, Jacob's son Joseph, had a sister that had a bunch of kids and she wanted one really bad and she finally got one who did something special. Joseph, one more, Samson. Samson's parents did that. So the so the cultural echoes going on with that sort of story have special baby, really big deal coming. Let me just say that. If you've got a birth narrative in the Bible about somebody... That person's gonna be a big deal. And if it's that, a priest coming, let's say Hannah, Hannah is Samuel's mother. Do you know why Samuel would would bring, what's special about Samuel that brings up stories? This is your Bible trivia moment. The special thing about Samuel, this is from 1 Samuel, is this his job is twofold. He replaces a priesthood that's not doing its job. and anoints the king that's his whole purpose samson what's what's special about samson what's going on in samson's story do you do you remember the samson story right this is from judges 13 it starts out again the israelites did evil in the sight of the lord and they were dominated and put under the philistines because of that evil and Samson's job was to correct and save his people. Do you remember what it, said, it says on Samuel's tombstone? This is the epitaph in the Bible. An epitaph is the last statement about his life. It says, he was more effective in his death for his people than by his life. Does that sound like a biblical story anywhere? Anyone? Anyone? Jesus? Jesus? <laughs> okay so we got samuel joseph joseph a special baby born do you remember what joseph did he made a way and saved his people into egypt and all this so so when they hear the stories of john the baptist special birth narrative the jewish people are going this is a big deal but more than that, there's two birth stories right on top of each other. Man, that just does not happen, right? Because a once-in-a-generation Savior is a once-in-a-generation Savior. Why would you have two birth stories on top of each other? Well, I do this in the Bible study at Wednesday night. Um, I think the correct term for this in English is an exemplative, and I'm not sure about that. If, if it's good, better, best, those English... A comparative so the hebrew language does not have comparative structures in it it just doesn't it doesn't do good better best bad worse worst what it does is it duplicates the word to magnify its meaning so joseph gets thrown in a pit but it's not a low pit it's a pit pit which makes it a bad pit Right, You don't want to be in a pit pit because you can't get out of a pit pit by yourself. You can get out of a pit by yourself, but if it was a pit pit pit, as Psalm 23 says, dark, dark, dark valley. See, that's the worst pit. That would be the valley of the shadow of death. That's how dark that is. So dark, dark, dark becomes the darkest place you could go. Two. Nowhere else in the Bible does it have two birth narratives smack dab on top of each other. Okay, there's one other echo I want you to get. So right at in in Mark, in Mark it says, John the Baptist came and he came out of the desert and he was wearing a camel skin coat and a big wide belt. Anybody know who that's supposed to be in the biblical story? See, the Jews all knew one guy and this is from... First Samuel, no, no, I'm sorry. First Kings eighteen. A, a prophet named Elijah, it says he's a hairy man and he wore a goatskin coat that was full length and a wide belt. Elijah has come back. Why would so anybody remember any of the interesting things about the Elijah story? Anybody? Help me out here. No? No, you're not going to be able to be biblically illiterate near me for very long because I'm just going to keep doing this. He got taken up chariot, right? Swing low, sweet chariot. Right, that's that's the Elijah story that Elijah didn't die. God took him in the chariot. And if Elisha, his successor, saw him go, he'd get a double portion of his spirit. But the Hebrews, the Jewish people, the Hebrews, always were looking for Elijah to return because he didn't die. That there was a point in there, and actually in Luke 17, Jesus goes up a mountain with a couple of his disciples and he suddenly transfigured into a heavenly being vision and next to him come two beings, right? Moses and Elijah. How did they know it was Elijah? Because of the clothing. But why did they pick Moses and Elijah? Why why did God put Moses and Elijah in there with them? Right, they're two really important characters. Right, Moses is the law, and and the Jews would say the law and the prophets. And they picked one particular person to be the prophet, and that was always Elijah. He's the marker of everything that happens within within the jewish story so every story around john the baptist brings these echoes out they're literally saying four score and seven years ago today is not 87 years ago they're not talking about 1932 if i say that am i if i say four score and seven years ago today i'm not talking about 1932 i'm talking about what the Gettysburg Address, and 87 years before that was the Revolutionary War, our founding fathers. That's why Abraham Lincoln says that. Four score and seven years ago today, our republic, blah, blah, blah. He's calling us back. Everything about John the Baptist aims for this point. Can you bring a slide up as, I, and I'll read the text for today. I want you to know that this is why John the Baptist, all this stuff. So we'll we'll cover more of that. But in in this story, remember we're in a chiasm, and a chiasm is a weird structure that starts from the outside and it builds in. I covered the first two lines. They're the top and the bottom lines here. No big deal. We covered those last weeks. If if you want to hear that sermon, you can go to the podcast and do that. Today we're at the yellow and the white. Remember the white is the end result, so that they might they might have the right to become children of God. Here's the story. I'm going to read it from, from my my phone so that I'm not turned the other way. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. So God sent John the Baptist to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony so that they might become children of God. Why is that a big deal? Here's the bottom half of the chiasm. John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, this is the one I was talking about when I said, someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. John was sent and actually shaped, and the whole storyline and the understanding of the cultural culture he was in was all about one thing, his believability, his ability to witness that way. He fit the culture perfectly to announce, right? And just like Samuel, to anoint the king, to point him out, all those things, all those echoes are there. So when the Hebrews heard, there's a man wearing goat hair coat, out there and he's baptizing people the jews go the prophets are back they've been gone for 300 years there's a prophet let's go see him and everything in their culture said that so that when he said when he's standing there baptizing people and jesus walks up and he goes behold the lamb of god like that that's his job that's his job and the culture has set him up for success. But he's enough different from the culture, right? Because he's had a birth narrative. He's wearing, not everybody, goat skin coats are not the rage. Just like they aren't today. They are not the rage. He he met the cultural expectations, but he challenged them just enough that people had to come out. If he's exactly like the culture, if you're exactly like the culture, nobody notices you right? Everybody's wearing jeans to be unique, but they're the same jeans, so they all look the same. We've all met the cultural expectations, but if we change them just enough, then you get noticed, correct? John the Baptist is doing that. He's enough of the storyline in order to do that. There's a reason why I'm going here for you, because here it is. Put yourself in your own family in your own workplace in your own city of colville or kettle or addie or wherever you happen to be stevens county how are you set up culturally to be listened to so if you're a mom or a dad you've had time culturally in your family in order to talk to your kids and, and thus be believable. Am I correct about that? And you're enough different. If you're my, if you're my kid, then you know your dad is a bit of a nut and strange and all those things. And if you say, are we there yet to, to, to your dad and I'm your dad, you will hear, yes, get out. <laughs> 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 or something like that. or or we're obviously there because the car is still moving. (laughs) It's obvious, right? So the cultural expectations, but if you're in your house, let's say you're an accountant and you're doing accounting. You are set up to speak into that world specifically because you have some cultural training and they trust you. How do you fit? What are your special skills? Are you set up like this? This is it. This is the message, the way it works for us as messengers to do the introduction. Here's the whole problem. He came into the world, but they didn't recognize him. So if I come into church and nobody recognizes me and nobody says something or I come into a workplace and nobody does anything and I leave and I go, nobody said anything to me. Now it could be that you didn't want that, and you stayed off in your corner, or nobody made the introduction. So if I bring you in, and I need let's say, Bill, I, I, you and I go someplace, and I want you to meet somebody, I don't just wait for you to make that introduction, do I? I take you up, and I said, have you met Bill? Bill, 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 right? You make the introduction. That's the job of the witness. Here it is. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. Now here's, here's the, the reset button on how important you are just for a second here, okay? John was not the light. He was simply there to witness about the light. Did you, did, you, did you catch that, that reset? You're not the Savior of the earth. You're just there to talk about the Savior of the earth. That job description has not been offered. They're not holding interviews, all those things. the The throne of the universe has the Savior on it, and they're not looking for a replacement. You're not qualified, even if you did it. You should be quite happy that Jesus is doing the job because he's going to do it really well. And I like, you know, Every so often I think I might have a a throne in my heart which I make up in my head so I can feel important because there is a throne in the universe and it's not available to me, so I want my own. But every time I do that, I start to feel important about it. I have to remember that I'm not actually the Savior of the world, that I need a Savior. And even if I know him, I still need him. I'm not the light. I'm simply here to talk about the light to make the introduction why is that a big deal because jesus came to his own and they didn't recognize him and so they needed the introduction you are shaped just like that god has put so much time into the shaping to put you near people that you could be trustworthy with and he shaped you to speak into the culture. But your job description is exactly like John's. Okay, be yourself. Which has some cultural agreement, right? You're appropriate. They, John, God didn't send me back to first century Jerusalem wearing my clothes today. That wouldn't have meant anything to them. They go, what's, what's that about? That's what they would have said. I don't get it. The artist formerly known as Prince. and so he was shaped we're shaped like that but we're not to be identical to the culture because we've we're different if god has spoken into your life you are different you've you've met him and it made a difference to you and so you have some cultural stuff in you that you live here in Stevens county or in northeastern washington and and you live here and you understand some things about it you know the people on your block and they know you let me just give you some example about this how many of you know that i'm kind of handy around a wood shop? okay and that's not really a big deal until you see the way i do it and care for the house that i live in that that's yours or the church that we live in do you do you see me caring for those things do you see what the skill set is 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 now now sometimes it's different about that. So yesterday, well, well, Linda and Roxanne and Bev and and Karen were at the meeting. I was mowing the lawn, and I'm a I'm a weirdo. Okay? I mow the lawn in circles, not straight lines because it's cooler looking, and it takes the same amount of time. Is that it's cool. <laughs> but that attention to detail is part of my witness to this church about caring for your properties now when we have a problem with the property and i come to you and i say i need something done that witness just like john the baptist just all those echoes of how god has shaped me plays into how believable i am about it and i see i see joanne shaking her head i'm believable when i care about the personage aren't i yes i am okay (laughs) Praise God for that. Joanne's in charge of the parsonage. So here here we go. Just the right amount of cultural consistency and just the right amount of different. I can't be the same as everybody, mainly because it's not possible for me to do that, but I'm not trying either. I'm trying to just be me. My job is exactly like John the Baptist. Your job is exactly like John the Baptist's. It goes like this. Let me say this in real. God sent a person, Bill, Karen, Alex, Misty, Barb. God sent a person to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of their testimony. They themselves are not the light. Their job was simply to tell about the light. Why? so that somebody else could become a child of God. And the way that works is this. John, Bob, Karen, Misty, testified about the light when they shouted to the crowds, this is the one I was talking about. When I said, someone is greater than me because they preceded me. How fancy do the words have to be? I got a guy. Have you met my guy? Wow, I got Jesus. Have you met this Jesus guy? I like him. Would you like to meet him? Have you seen something in me that's interesting? Right. That's the job. The mission is still the same for those that witness about who Jesus is. And John the Baptist's job... Well, he had a tough job, but look, he was culturally appropriate in some ways, but strange enough, just enough different, that they noticed him. And they came out to hear, but he agreed and understood his culture that he was in. You are just like that. And you know more about your culture than you think you do. You have made all sorts of agreements and assumptions about the culture, just like I do. And the only reason I'm telling you about it is because I think about those weirdnesses all the time. I often think that what about the artist formerly known as Prince? Was he doing it to make that message? Possibly. But he became incomprehensible to the people around him didn't change him as a person. It just meant, oh, he's a nut. Just like me, half bubble off level. Maybe that's you. Slightly out of plumb with the culture. Just the way God meant it. Just the way God built you that you might be his person that you could be heard and listened to and believed but that you wouldn't try to be God either. That you just point to him. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I thank you for today. I thank you for your witness. in John, I thank you for the way you've taken time to build me. I thank you, Lord, for each and every person here and how you've plunked them specifically in one spot. That they might be a witness to how your salvation works in their life that they would not think that they were Lord, but that they would know you. And make the introduction. We love you, Lord. Amen.